Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Come on. Good morning, Transformation Church. Y'all doing good? Come on. Why don't you give Jesus your best praise this morning? Let's be available for him. Lord, we love you. We thank you for giving us so much grace and mercy. We thank you that your mercy is new today. And so we just give you all the glory and praise and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? Man, it is great to be in the house of God. We have a special morning. We do uh, child dedications throughout the year. And uh, today, oh my goodness, what's up, brother? I love you so much. Uh, we, we, have, uh, on the, we have a family here that's going to be dedicating um, uh, their, their baby. And uh, little Zeke is his name. Would you guys come on up here with me? And uh, it's such an honor to do this today. And um, I... Uh, they have like two rows of family here with them. And so my wife and I, my wife's going to come on up. Yeah, come on. Y'all can give him a hand. Come on. This guy looks good. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? Hey, I got a smile. What is up? And uh, this, this, this is a special day. These are really close, close, close friends of ours. And um, our church, when my wife and I moved here, it's been almost 14 years. It'll be 14 years in May that my wife and I have been in Knoxville. My wife's from Oak Ridge area. And so we met this couple. Well, we, we didn't meet Matt right away. Uh, Matt found uh, his wife in church. Come on, that's the local church. If you're single, come on. He met Ariel in the house. Better than the bar, I'll tell you. It's a higher percentage rate. And... Um, and so he met her in the house of God. We met Ariel when she was about uh, 14 or 15 and her family and uh, just the Coppolas. They were actually here at the church before my wife and I were. And, uh, and then the Hussars. Uh, yeah, man, come on. Woo! And that was strong. Um, the, the Hussars uh, came uh, right after, about six months after my wife and I were here. And so their families have been here really building this house uh, with us and being really pillars in the house um, Jeff is probably one of the best drummers in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> he'll, he'll be shy. Listen, he'll be shy, but he'll be shy, but he, he can play the drums. And, and this dude, I'll, I'll see videos of him worshiping at home, playing the drums. And, and he has his little grandson playing the drums and worshiping to God. And, uh, that's an amazing, amazing man. And so I want to just pray and I want you to extend your faith and pray with us. Um, just what God would do in their family. We, when we do baby dedication, it's not like um, we're, we're baptizing them or anything like that. We're, we are just praying a prayer of faith as a family, as a faith family over this young man saying that we dedicate their home and to the Lord and to the things of God. There's power in kingdom dedication, and their home is obviously uh, dedicated to the things of God. Ariel's one of our worship leaders here, and just a songwriter, and, and Matt's a businessman. Remember that story I told you guys? He wouldn't want me to tell you this, that story about believing God for business and all that a couple weeks ago. That was Matt and his family, and so just believing God for supernatural things in the kingdom for business. We were on the phone a couple days ago dreaming how we could have medical centers for God and uh, to treat people in the community, you know, just, uh, just dreaming about the things of God. And so this little man, the, the thing that God gave me this morning and last night as I was praying for him was just that he was a, a, a priest and a king. And so a lot of times there can be a priestly calling, you know, as a pastor or working at the, in the house of God that way, or there's a kingly calling out in the community, really conquering territory and the priests and kings really work together in the Bible. But I just felt like he was a priest and a king. Um, and Peter talks about that, uh, a royal generation, a holy priesthood. There's kingship and priesthood there uh, called to show forth the praises of God. So let's pray just a the calling over his life and this family. Father, thank you so much. We extend our faith to you right now. We believe that you have your hand on this family. 
You, you've known them from the foundations of the world, Lord. You said you knew them before you formed them in your mother's womb. You knew little Zeke before you formed him in his mom's womb. Even as this couple came together supernaturally and this child came about supernaturally, we thank you for the, the, the prophet and the priest and the kingly anointing on him. He's got such wisdom and, and character. Even if you look in his eyes right now, Lord, you see wisdom and leadership on him, God. But you also see gentleness and worship on him, God. We thank you that he would declare things. Uh, you said that you would make make known your secrets to your prophets, that you tell them things before you tell others, God, you would share your secrets with this man's heart. This man would be dedicated. He would sing your praise and he would, everything you show him in the, in the dark places, in the prayer closets, he would shout from the rooftops. Everything you speak to him, Lord, in secret, he would bring forth publicly, God, for your glory and praise, that he would show forth your praise in the earth because you're worthy to get all you paid for and you paid for our worship. And this man would turn many hearts to you. Use this family supernaturally. Continue. And the best days are yet to come. In Jesus' mighty name. And bless the grandparents and their friends and their aunts and uncles and all of their family for the kingdom of God and your glory. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. 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 Love you guys so much, man. I'm excited to see all the songs that Ariel writes here with uh, Pastor Justin and, and the team and uh, writing songs for the kingdom of God. So we're going to jump into the word. You guys uh, heard uh, earlier, if you don't know, my name is Jamie. I am the lead pastor here. I get the privilege of leading a, an amazing team of people. And um, you got to hear Pastor Dylan this morning in our, in our ministry moment, Pastor Chris. And, and we, have, it's, we have, all this couldn't be possible without an amazing team of people. So, and many of you volunteer and serve in our tech team and all. And our host and coffee. Come on, is the coffee good? Come on, somebody was setting the table before you got here. So, so why don't we give them all a hand for serving? Give yourself a hand for stepping up and just being a servant in the house. They, they told me today that the back clock is out. So that clock you guys all look at to see how much longer I'm going to preach, it's out. <laughs> and so it's out for me too. So I don't know how long we're, we could be here for a long time today. And uh, we're, going, we're going to look at um, this series we've been in called Dear Jesus. Um, and God's really been doing some great things in my life. We're in a 21 days of prayer and fasting. And many of you have been here at 6 a.m. to 7 uh, every, every weekday morning and, and Saturday. And a, a couple weeks ago, I just want to tell you, if you're not praying and fasting right now, this is the last week. We, we end on, on Sunday, next Sunday, and we have that big encounter night and, and a worship service that morning. If you're not in that yet, jump in. I'm telling you, there's an open heaven over answered prayer right now in Jesus' name. And as we pray, there's always an open heaven in Jesus. But right, there's just, in these 21 days, there's just something special happening. Uh, we, we ordered new projectors for our auditorium here, and they've been on back order since October. And uh, we, didn't, we didn't know where they were, and the lenses uh, didn't come in. The projectors came in, but not the lenses, and they're back ordered. And I'm like, I'm getting frustrated. So I looked this week on Tuesday, Pastor Justin was back there, our worship pastors over all of our creative and everything. I said, man, where are those projectors, man? I was like, how, how much longer? He's like, man, they're on back order and, and sitting this October. I'll check on them again, pastor, but I've been checking on them and they're on back order. And I was like, no, <laughs> right now, let's pray. I was like, father, right now we're 21 days prayer and fasting. It's Tuesday morning. We need projectors. God, give us a tracking number today. About eight minutes later, ding. Justice said, I think God heard your prayer. <laughs> We got a tracking number, baby. You know, 
and the lenses are in. I, I just want to encourage you. You know, God hears and he cares about the, the needs and the concerns and he wants you to pray. And we talked about last week praying for provision and things like that. And, and, and specifically in the Lord's Prayer, if you haven't got to hear all of it, you can go online and listen to the message. But, but, but the, Matthew teaches, we've been in Luke. I'm going to go in Matthew today, Matthew chapter 6. And this is what Jesus taught us. And it's called Dear Jesus because this is just praying and, and, and asking God for things. And how do we pray? And Jesus gives us this model. It's not a, it's not necessarily a method. Like you have to follow this. It's just a model. It's, it's just kind of, um, a way to, a way to frame it. If you, if you can say it that way. And he says this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. This is Matthew six, starting in verse nine, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name or, or holy is your name. Reverent is your name. You're worthy. Holy is your name. So, so before we ever start asking for stuff, we begin to praise him. We talked about it the first week. All of your petition or all the asking that you want to do from God should be sandwiched with praise. You start with praise, then you, then you ask, and then you end with praise. So it's this sandwich. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. There's the purpose of prayer right there, that God's kingdom or his dominion, the king's dominion. Kingdom means king's dominion. The king's dominion would have more of my heart. The king's dominion would have more of my life. His will be done, not my will, on earth as it is in heaven. So when you say on earth, it actually is in earth. You were made from the dust of the earth. I was made from the dust of the earth. So actually we're praying God's kingdom and his dominion and his will be done in me and be alive in me, not just this general on the earth, but inside of me as it is in heaven. And then hear this, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, and, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And, and then there's this weird little add-on, and we're going to focus on this thought today. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Uh, last week, we talked about give us this day our daily bread. This week, I want to look at uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And, and I, want to, I want to say it up front. I told you this last week, and this is going to set you free. God told you to pray, give me, before he told you to pray, forgive me. Many of you have a hard time saying, give me, because you don't think God's actually forgiven you. And you have a hard time saying, give us because you don't believe he's forgiven us. Does that make sense? So, so you're always thinking, and why, why did God do that? Why did God, now I'm not, we, we're gonna get to forgive me today, but why did God put give me before he put forgive me? Because he doesn't want his blessing contingent on your behavior. The blessing and the love of God and the goodness of God and the heart of God as a father to you is not dependent on you, all the checks that you can do and all the check marks that you can get right and how good you can pray and how, how much you behave that week. God said, it's okay to say, give me even before you say, forgive me. And so it's, it's powerful that we understand that. And now we go into verse 12 and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's an amazing verse, but in, and then for that is the kingdom and the power and the glory. And we usually say amen because it says that. But then verse 14 is like this little add on. It's like, if you don't forgive your brothers, like your father in heaven is not going to forgive you. But if you forgive your brothers, your father in heaven is going to forgive you. That like when it says for if you don't, like because you forgive your brother, the word for is because, because you forgive your brothers and sisters, your father in heaven will forgive you because you release them. The word forgive is because you release them. 
your father in heaven releases you. I don't know. I, that's a scary verse to me. So I'm like, wow, like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to forgive. The word means release. And if I'm not releasing then, and then God's not releasing, I'm like, what God, how does that even, how does that even work? I don't, I don't fully know, but I just want to give you some concepts and some principles today where God said the word forgive If you will release and you'll let things go. And I'm going to get to it. I'll probably say it several times. Can I tell you, listen to me, please hear me, Christians. If you haven't accepted Christ in your life, you can today. But if you're a Christian and you're in here and you've asked Jesus to be your savior, one of the number one bondages for Christians is bitterness and unforgiveness. It's, it's one of our number one bondages. It's one of Satan's greatest tricks. And literally, we can get free from all kinds of things in our life, but the enemy will bring unforgiveness and bitterness to try to get us into bondage. And so forgive just means release. So number one, I just have two simple thoughts today. Number one, according to this verse, I would just say, confess your debts. It just simply, Jesus is teaching us to confess our debts. And, and so the word debts in this passage, there's, there's, this word debts is used twice in the New Testament, the one that's specifically here in Matthew 6, the word debt used twice. There's another word for debt that's used tons of times in the New Testament, and it's actually the word like uh, for a debt that you can repay, like you have an income, you have an ability to pay that back, and so there's this debt that you can repay. But right here where God uses the word debt to re- that, that, that you would say, forgive us our debts as we forgive those that are indebted to us, literally, this is a word, a debt that is irrepay, you can never pay it back. This is actually a debt that's so big and it's a different word totally in the Greek. And it's saying that God, would you forgive us the debts that we could never repay? Like, have you ever broken something of somebody's that was like their great, 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 great grandmother's antique? <laughs> You're like, uh, they tell you, you just, and they tell, they tell you, it was like, that was like my great, great, like you didn't even tell me that. I already felt bad. <laughs> I already broke it, you know? We were, years ago, I don't know, there was a, a family at our house and I had bought my wife this special glass blown vase like for one of our, on an anniversary trip. And it was at our house in this little area by a dining room table. And this family was at our house and one of their sons was there and he was probably, I don't know, 15. He wasn't like a little baby. And, and, and he did something, I don't know what he did. And, he, and it was like, oh, he was playing with it. It was, on, it was like this special bell. And he, and he did something. He pulled the tray out, and this thing shattered. Like, I saw my wife's face. Like, it was, I mean, it was a meaningful thing. And he was, and this kid's 15. He's like, and I'm like, oh. I didn't want to make him feel bad. I'm like, oh, dude. Um, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You, well, I'll get you another one. I'm like, oh, you won't. No, you you can't, <laughs> you know, there was, there was this, that's the debt. Like he could never repay that debt. Like I could, even if he, and I think he ended up wanting to give us some money or whatever. We didn't take that. But like the reality was there was some things that were broken that could never be repaid. What God is saying is that there's things in our life that we can never repay him for and that we can never try to try to pay with our own ability. So since we can't pay for it, it has to be pardoned. And so, so often we're trying to actually earn or pay for or, or, or do some more in the kingdom or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And, and there's actually a debt that has to be pardoned. And, and God's saying, those are the debts that I want you to confess to me. Those, daily, ask for your daily bread. And then daily, I want you to confess because I want you to be able to receive that freely so you can actually give it to others freely. Here's the problem. The reason we have a hard time forgiving others so often is because we don't, we don't believe that God's actually freely given us forgiveness. 
And so we go about having a hard time holding on to other people's stuff or making them pay for it because we think we've earned something or we think we have to do better or we actually haven't freely received forgiveness. Matthew 10, 8 says it this way, freely you have received, therefore freely give. Here's the thing. If you haven't freely received, you can't freely give. So if you think like, well, I'm just, God, okay, I'm just going to pray harder this week. I'm going to pray more and you're going to be okay with that. I'm going to, I'm going to give a little more. Okay, God, I'm going to get on a serve team. I, I don't really want to. And I'm God. I'm, and we begin to do these things out of obligation to appease God. That that's where we actually think that we've done better. Now God's like, oh, okay, you do better. No, 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 no. He's saying that literally you can't pay this debt back. So all this Christian stuff and serving and loving people or giving or coming to church or jumping on teams or, or witnessing or caring for others, whatever it is we do as Christians, all of that is just out of love because he paid the full debt, not any that we're trying to pay back to him. Does that make sense? And a lot of people do Christianity out of a debt that they're trying to service to God. Like, like, like it's a bad interest payment. You know what I mean? Like you're under 21% interest with an unsecured debt and you're going to pay on that thing the rest of your life. And the reality is that's not the case. God took care of it and, and we've been pardoned. So here's the thing. The debt has to be pardoned, not paid for. I just want you to get that in your heart today. And because if you'll actually get that in your heart, you can actually release other people. You've been caught at a toll road with no money to pay it. You know, you feel terrible. Like I've been at one. There's a line way back cars. I, I remember I stuck at one in Dallas. The lady, she had, it was $1. I didn't have it. I had no change, no dollar. She's like, I'm like, ma'am, I'm sorry. She had to forgive that. Life began to move on as she forgave that debt. Here's the thing. What happened when you got saved and you asked God to be your, to be your savior? When you put trust in Jesus, here's what happens. Look at Romans 4.3. I want to do a little teaching today. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Romans 4.3, it says this. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So when we're talking about forgiveness, this is an accounting term. When Abraham believed God, that, that God was what he said he was, and that Jesus was who he said he was, the Bible talks about that, that Abraham believed in, in, in Jesus that way, in, in a sense. And so when Abraham believed God, this is the foundation of our faith, that it was accounted to him as righteousness. It's, a, it's a, an accounting term. So literally, righteousness was put into his account. And so, so for you and I, when we believe God, righteousness is actually put into our account and sin is taken out of our account when we believe in Jesus. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Listen to this accounting term, not imputing, that's an accounting term, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. What he's saying is God took all the sins of the world and took all of it and put it all on Jesus, not imputing to in the entire world their sins in their account. Now, does that mean the entire world saved? No, they have to believe that God actually took the sins out of their account and imputed righteousness into their account by believing in Jesus. Does that make sense? They have a free will. Humanity has a free will to choose Jesus, to, to see creation, to ask who the Savior is. It's on us to preach Jesus and tell him how much God's paid for, how much he loves him. But there's this, there's this issue with, it, with forgiveness where we think we still have this sin in our account and that we go to confess. I, I, it's, it's important, hear me, because when you go to confess to God, when you pray this, I confess my debts, a lot of times what you're doing and what I do is we think there's this file cabinet we open up the big file cabinet and we start, we think God's like going, okay, you want to confess today? Let's get, you know, we're in the month of January. Let's get that whole month out. And he's like, Ugh. And you're like, 
And you start confessing, and God's like, haven't you confessed this like 365 times? Yeah, like every day last year, God. He's like, man, it's not, it's not in your account. Like you're trying to go through the file cabinet and the Rolodex and confess to God. It's not even in your account. Let me just say something to you, though. Your account's not empty. When God opens up the account, there's one word in it. Righteous. Blessed. Right standing with God. Because of what Jesus did, you and I can actually confess, and, and, and there's a right standing with God. Now, why do we have to confess if God's already taken sin out of our account and put righteousness into our account? I'm, I'm, I'm going to go somewhere with this. We, we have to confess, because number one, Jesus said to. <laughs> like, confess it. But, here, but there's some tricks of the enemy that Satan does to us, and so God gave us this confession or this ability to, to get some things off of our conscience. Look at what Hebrews 9.14 says. It says it this way, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who also through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So what are, what are dead works? What is this saying? That literally there's this blood that Jesus shed that cleanses my conscience and your conscience from dead works. What are dead works? Trying to please God, trying to appease God. We get to love him. We don't have to appease him. He's been appeased at the cross. He was, he was satisfied at the cross. We don't, we, and so many people are living out of obligation instead of infatuation. Man, I, oh, come on. That, that, that should hit somebody. We, we should live out of infatuation, not obligation. And, and so what this is saying is that there's this blood that Jesus actually shed that, listen to me, took care of all of humanity's sin forever. How do I know that? Because it says it was shed once for all. So think about it. If it, if it wasn't, if it didn't take care of all sin, every time a, a, a sinner or someone lost gave their life to Christ, Jesus would have to get crucified again. He'd have to go back on the cross again to pay for that sin that time. The Bible says he paid for sin once for all. And so that's totally taken care of. Hebrews 10, says it this way. Let us draw near with a true heart, full of assurance of faith. Having our hearts, here's the key, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So, so listen to me. There's a difference between shedding and sprinkling. Jesus shed his blood once for all, but he gave us his blood to sprinkle on our conscience when we need it. So we have this ability to sprinkle the blood of Jesus to cleanse my conscience, to cleanse your conscience, because Satan is always trying to accuse you and I and, and blame us when we mess up. And then we, it gets in our mind and he says, you're this and you're that. And we begin to get a conscience that kind of is convicted. And if we don't sprinkle that, our conscience hardens and we begin to try to serve God out of obligation and dead works. Does that make sense? And so my heart is that I can actually sprinkle the blood of Jesus when the enemy's trying to condemn me. I, I, I say it this way. Anybody got one of those moms that shows all of your baby pictures when your girlfriend or a friend comes over and tries to embarrass you? That's the most awkward moments. Like you're trying to be tough as a dude, you know, like the girl comes over for the first time and your mom pulls out the pictures like, look, there he was naked in cowboy boots. You know what I mean? When he was three, like, mom, why you got to pull the naked cowboy boot picture out right now? I got, we have one of our sons. So I just, I mean, yeah. We're like, do we put that on the yearbook? No, he's a senior. Let's don't put that on the yearbook, you know? <laughs> you know, you got, you got the picture, you know, like, come on, you, some of y'all, you don't have to raise your hand. That picture with the family that's got all the pictures down to the years, down the dark hallway of shame, you know what I'm saying? They're all, you got every bad bowl cut from every bad hairstyle, 
from all, all throughout like your life. You got bad outfits. You're like, look, and you, your parents, you're showing those pictures off, right? It's just, it's embarrassing, right? There's a guy, Pastor Dylan, he, he came up and did the ministry moment today. He walked in this morning. I told him I'm gonna have to call him out. He wouldn't give me the cup. I wanted the cup so bad to preach for him. I said, I'm gonna have to preach about this this morning though. He walks in, he's got this Yeti. He's got like a, a coffee tumbler. He's in the back and we come in here and pray at 7.30 and, he, and he's kind of hiding it. He's got it like this. He's kind of he's walking back there and he's hiding this tumbler. And I walk up, I'm like, what's up, dude? How you doing? He's like, oh, I'm good, I'm good. He's like, don't, you know, I'm like, what do you, why you, what do you got there? He's like, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. I was like, what do you mean? Don't look at it. He goes, I go, give me, give it here. Let me see it. He's like, my mother-in-law did it. It was a Christmas gift to all the family. And it was pictures she had stolen off of Facebook and plastered on this tumbler of him and of like him working out in CrossFit and, and him on this slide, this water slide and his dad on these other slides. He's like, man, it's so embarrassing. I'm, so, I'm like, it's such a nice thought. But like she robbed pictures from Facebook and plastered them. on. He's like, yeah, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> and here's the reality. That's what Satan does with every one of our lives. He goes and snags these photos of us doing the worst that we did or, or accusing us. Or you remember when you were sinning when you were three and remember when you messed up? He wants to remind you of your worst day. He makes hallways of pictures to remind us in our mind to walk the past and try to remember that stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. The reality is you have the sprinkled blood of Jesus when Satan begins to accuse you, tries to act like somebody to embarrass you. you say, no, no, no. My conscience is clear. Jesus paid the price, devil. You can't, you can't get me and accuse me like that. I'm actually free, and I'm not going to allow you to get my, my heart serving God out of a, a hard conscience. Does that make sense? John 6 says this. It says, the work of God is to believe on the one he sent. Whenever you're trying to serve God, hear me, this week when you go out and want to serve God in your, in your home, you want to serve God in your, in your community, in your school, your job, it says, the, John 6 says, the work of God not works. It's not plural. The work of God is to believe on the one he sent, to believe that Jesus' blood did what it said it did, to believe that Jesus is a savior the way he says he's a savior, believe that my sins are gone, that there's no more file cabinet, that I can talk to God and sprinkle some things off of my heart, but I can actually walk and not remember those things any longer because God walks that way when it comes to my life. Is that good, guys? serve God out of joy, not obligation. So number one, that's why we confess. That's why we sprinkle our life with that blood to get out from under the enemy's tactics. And then number two, so confess your debts. Number two, release your debts. Just simple thoughts today. I, somebody's have to give me a little five minute notice with the team will come up, worship team at five minutes. I'll preach here all day. I don't know. I don't have a clock. You, that you would release your debts. That we let people go, that we actually have this open hand. Matthew 18 says it this way. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Come on, I love Peter. Up to seven times, Lord. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 77 times. Come on. Peter's like, Lord, how many times until I get to slap this dude in the face? I wrote a little saying, slap him on eight. That's what Peter wanted to know. Can I slap him on eight? <laughs> <laughs> so y'all, everybody look at somebody and say, slap them on eight. You, you know, Jesus says, no, you, you know, some of y'all are slap them on three. You know what I mean? And, and what, what this saying is, it's an interesting saying. It's actually 
taken from Genesis. Jesus goes back to Genesis and grabs this statement when he says seven times 70. He's actually, there was in, in the Jewish, uh, the Jewish idiom was, was sevenfold or, or 77 fold. Jesus takes it from Genesis 4.23. Look at the saying. Then Lamach said to his wives, Ada and Zilhah, hear my voice. Wives of Lamach, listen to my speech. Come on, many of you guys are trying to do that every day. Like, hear me out. <laughs> for I have killed a man for wounding me, even a young man for hurting me. He's like, man, I killed this. Dude. He hurt me. I killed it. If, verse 24, if Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, then Lamach 77fold. What this is talking about is a person that goes above and beyond for revenge. That, that literally in the saying here, um, you know, Lamach was a descendant of Cain. Cain killed his brother Abel. He's a descendant. And Lamach's saying, I'm going to get back 77 times. So, so you know those people that I don't get mad, I get even, right? You know what I'm saying? I don't, you come at me, I'm going to come at you. I had a bad parenting moment several years and years ago. My, my second born, he's competitive like his mama. <laughs> competitive. I'm trying to discipline that dude. I can't. Like, he did nothing phases that dude. He's like, bring it on. You know, and so like, he started hitting me. He was probably about, what, seven? He's hitting. He'll hit me. I, I told him, I said, you hit me, I hit you back harder. Seven. So he hit me. Popped him in the leg. He hit me hard. Hit me again. I'm like, all right, dude. I, are you going to take it up a notch? I guess I'm the competitive one. I don't know. <laughs> I learned the lesson. Uh, he hit me. Finally, I mean, we took it all the way to, he's crying. He's, he's crying. Mama's yelling in the other room, like, you listen right. I'm like, I told him. I'm teaching him about the world. Life ain't easy. Somebody can hit harder. You know, I'm just teaching it. You know, it's like lessons. I, it's not, don't parent that way, okay? Don't do that. <laughs> I, uh, I, but, but, you know, some of you have that same spirit. Like, I had to get, you know, I had to get free from that. Like, I'm gonna, if you come at me, I'm going to come harder. And so... So you, you need, and I need freedom to where Jesus said, no, no, no. If someone comes at you, I want you to take that same attitude of I'm going to come at you harder and I want you to come at them with grace harder. If they come at you with anger, if they come at you with hatred, if they come at you with accusation, if they come at you with lies, whatever they come at you with, I want you to open up grace on them and love on them so much that it just, it just messes with all that they are. Does that make sense? And so Jesus says, listen, love them, give, their, give grace to them, forgive 70 times seven. It's endless. And, and, and Jesus is teaching us this is how to, how to love and how to release. Matthew 18, here's a scary verse, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end this. This is going on to teach a parable. It says 18, 23 through 24. It says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. That was like over $3 million. It was crazy. Could never pay it. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and the payments be made. Then the servant therefore fell down before him saying, master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. There's no way that he could pay it. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, just a hundred. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I'll pay you all. And he would not, but even he threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. 
So when his fellow servants saw that he had de- what he had done, they were grieved and they came and told the master all that he had done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to, you, to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not also have that compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. Listen to this. Until he should pay all that was due him. Verse 35, scary verse. So my father in heaven also will do to you if, you if each of you from your heart does not forgive your brother his trespass. Like, God, you're going to turn me over to the torturers? And the reality is what this is saying is like, have you ever had bitterness or a grudge? In the scripture, the torturers are like evil spirits, like demonic spirits of bitterness. If you've ever had a grudge, come on, you know what it's like to have like be tortured. If you've ever had a a grudge or anger or bitterness that you haven't released, you're tortured day in and day out. I've been there. You've been there. We're human. And and like everything can trigger it. Like you can be at lunch, stuff that doesn't even equate to it triggers it. You might, I'll have the chicken. You're like, they were a chicken headed liar. (laughs) It's like, doesn't even match. Like, how did that, you know, you think you're free and then someone comes up, you're like, man, what they did, you know, I'm like, shut up. I was good, you know, for like three days and you just had to remind me of it again, right? Just, the enemy will send spirits to torture you. And, and I want to say it to you again, the number one bondage of Christians is unforgiveness and bitterness. The Bible says in Hebrews that literally that bitterness is like a root that it springs up and it defiles many. It doesn't just stop with you. It pours over to my kids and your kids and our families and our bosses and our coworkers and And my heart today is this, that we could receive freely. Father, forgive me my debts. Every day I do stuff I could never repay. Oh, I sprinkle that. He says, man, you're my son. It's all free. It's good. Devil, you can't mess with my conscience. I'm a son of the living God. And then, then God, I thank you. You've given me that. I, I, I give that to others. I give it out. Is this the same way I've received it? God, I didn't earn it. I can't. Now listen to me. Forgiving others doesn't mean you have to reconcile with them. Doesn't mean you're going to be besties, you know, and be hanging out. Doesn't. Maybe you do that with some people in my life that we went through things and we reconciled and, and we're together again and we're friends again. But there's other people in my life that I've forgiven and released, but I'll never have to go around them again. And I like to put myself back in harm's way or back in, in hurt's way. Does that make sense? You don't have to do that. But you just have to release and let your heart be pure. And you can know if you've forgiven if you're not bringing it up all the time and talking about it and saying it again. Like, if you're still talking about it and saying it and reminding yourself and talking to others, you still have it. You're still holding on to it. I call it the monkey trap. You ever seen how they kill monkeys up in, in foreign countries? They'll, they'll, put this little, they'll put a little hole in the tree and they'll put some bait and some food in the hole and the little monkey will re- reach into the hole and go and grab the food. And then, and then he's so in, enthralled with that food, he won't let go of it and he can't get his fist out of the hole and they'll come up and just like, <laughs> kill him. Got monkey food. The reality is many of us are in that trap. And Satan so often, you know, he doesn't even have to do anything. He just doesn't even have to sneak up on us. We're not letting go. And he takes us out and God's just saying, would you just let go? Daily bread, daily debts. Father, you've freely forgiven me. I freely release those that have sinned against me. I, I know right now, here's my prayer today. My prayer for you, I believe there's gonna be supernatural healing in this place today. That's what God spoke to me this morning, that people, that some of you have been holding on to debts for so long that today's actually a day that in your mind, you know who they are right now. The name's already gone through your mind. 
I'll be honest with you. And you, you might, I had to do something in my life. Not long ago, I had some bitterness in my heart about some things. And my wife, you know how our wives are. They're always intuitive and holier than we are. <laughs> Not always, but you know. And she, she looked at me and there were some things I was dealing with. She's like, you're going to have to get that right. She's like, she told me, she goes, how long are you going to be bitter? How long are you going to let that in your heart? And, and, and God gave me an opportunity. I was, I was doing something and God gave me an opportunity. He says, I want you to do this. I want you to, I want you to call them and ask for their help. Oh, <laughs> it was the most hard, humbling. And I, and I did. And I, and I said to him, I said, I love you. I said, and I need my wife. I put it on my wife. I said, my wife told me I got to get free from the bitterness that's in my heart. <laughs> I said, but bro, I, I love you. We were, I mean, we're friends. We're close. And, and, and we, we hugged. And, and just, just, there's some things in your heart right now. Like, God might have you write a letter. He might have you say, I'm releasing. Maybe you just need, maybe they're gone and they're dead and they hurt you. And you just, but today's the day you can just write it and release it. I would encourage you. God told me this also. I would encourage you. I'm not going to do an altar call and bring you forward or anything like that. I was going to. The Holy Spirit said, no, don't do that. Not today. Years ago, we did something where we had buckets and we had little milk cartons when people came in and we handed out milk cartons and people just poured out the milk. It's just spilled milk. But, but what, we have a prayer wall out there. God told me this. There's a prayer wall out there. And maybe some of you today leaving, you take a moment and just, you can just write their name. Just put them on that wall. You can't be angry at someone you've prayed for. And just today, like maybe it's yourself. Maybe it's, maybe it's God. Maybe you're bitter at God. Like sometimes I have to ask myself, God, why am I mad at you? You know, my expectation was different than what happened. I'm mad. I'll be honest with God. God's a big boy. He can handle you being angry with him. Okay. And so I just want to encourage you today. I'm going to take a minute. I'm just going to be, be quiet for a minute. That's going to be a miracle. <laughs> and I pray that God just Holy Spirit right now begins to speak to your heart and mind and how to let go of that bait, how to, how to release. You freely receive that you could freely give. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now. What do you need to let go of? Who do you need to let go of? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Speak to us today, Lord. Lord, thank you for your blood that's sprinkled over our conscience that we truly can live free we truly can live not thinking about those things in those moments that the enemy says we can live free today not thinking about those people that hurt us or harmed us we can live free from bitterness Lord and it would not be a root in our heart or spring up and hurt many I pray right now that bondages would be broken that that literally roots of bitterness, it says, would spring up and defile many. I pray for any past defilement or anything that's hurt families or hurt people or any, any roots, oh God, that you would, you can heal all of that, God. You can bring wholeness to all of that today, God. You're the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We can't fix yesterday, but you're there. You can fix yesterday. You can work in the soil. You can work in the seeds of our heart even yesterday and do some things today where we stand by helping to let us free and we freely receive your gift of forgiveness. We don't earn it this morning, God. Right now, we just release. I pray that people would know who it is and how to do it. Give them strategies today. Maybe it's a letter. Maybe it's a phone call. 
Maybe it's just, even if someone passed away, maybe it's a letter they write to them and they burn it, they bury it, whatever it might be. Maybe it's a prayer card or whatever it is. It's not an equation. It's your inspiration. Speak to us, Holy Spirit. I don't know what God's speaking to you right now. I pray he is. I really believe there's going to be a new lightness and a new level of freedom over your life as we leave here if you'll let some things go. Just for another second, no one looking around. Maybe, maybe the ultimate thing you need to receive is God's forgiveness. Jesus' forgiveness. Maybe you've been trying to fix your own life or heal your own life or you carry around the weight of your mistakes or the weight of your sin, the weight of guilt. Come on, we've all messed up, every one of us. We've all done things and had things done unto us. And the reality is the Bible says this, that Jesus Christ came to this planet as God. He lived as a man. He lived as God. He was all God and all man. He lived perfectly. He never messed up. He was tempted in every way like we were. In every way. He was tempted to to do every single thing that we could ever imagine. He was tempted and he didn't do it. And then he went to a cross. He went to a tree, was ripped from limb to limb, shred from piece to piece to take on our guilt and our shame and our mistakes and all the junk that the whole world has ever done and all the diseases and all the, all the hurt, all of it. He took it all. He did once and for all. And he nailed it to that tree so that he could get that off of our heart and off of our shoulders. And then he rose from the dead on the third day to give you and I a brand new heart that's free from obligation. It's just free to love God through infatuation that God, Jesus, you're so good. So maybe today you need to receive that, that forgiveness. You need to receive him as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says if you would just surrender to him, you get a fresh start in God. That's that simple. That's why getting saved is easy. That's why coming back to God is easy. He paid for all the hard part on the cross. No one looking around. If your head's bowed, eyes closed, I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward. I want to pray for you. So I'm going to ask you just to show me your hand in a second. Just me. I want to pray for you. If you'd say, you know what, pastor, include me in that prayer. I need a fresh start in God. If you're watching online right now and you need a fresh start in God, maybe you've been carrying your own, your own mistakes and the weight of life. You've been carrying it on your own. Can I tell you, you can't clean all that up and then come to God. God handles all that. You can come to God today. Many times we say, well, once I get my life straight, I'll come to God. No, today's your day. Many of you know that. If you're here, it's not for embarrassment, but it's a chance to step forward and say, you know what? I need you, God. No one looking around. Would you just put your hand up to me if you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start today. I'm ready to actually receive Jesus as my Savior and let him pay for everything he did. God bless you. Hold it up so I can pray for you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Come on, if you're online, just type in fresh start. We're going to pray for you. We're going to include you in this prayer. We're going to send you a free resource to pray for you. Come on, let's pray together, church. Many of us releasing things to God, releasing people right now. I think God's doing some surgery in our hearts. Several of you said yes to Jesus for your Lord and your Savior. That's so powerful. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. No magic in the words. Just pray this prayer with me. It's a prayer of surrender to God. And literally, Holy Spirit, God's going to save you. Fill your life with his power. Jesus, thank you for sending your son. Thank you for for coming to this planet as God's son. Thank you for going to a cross and dying for all my shame and all my sins. Thank you for doing what I couldn't do. You did the heavy lifting on that tree. I just believe it. I surrender to you. Take all my guilt, all my shame, all my mistakes. I turn from them. I repent from that lifestyle. I don't live that anymore. Lord, I give you all that. I believe you rose from the dead to give me a brand new heart, a heart of flesh, a heart of life. 
fill me with your spirit to serve you the rest of my days. And I release all those that have hurt me in Jesus matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. So proud of you that said yes, made that decision. I pray many of you got free this morning, man. I don't even know what time it is. I hope I'm on time, but I'm on God's time. So thank the Lord. You know, if you, if you did put your hand up and you said yes to Jesus, then, and then what we'd like to do is we have a prayer team down here. They'd love to pray with you and believe God with you. Or maybe you just need prayer for stepping into freedom today. These guys would love to walk that out with you and pray with you. If you're a guest, thank you so much for being here. We have a gift for you in our guest area. And then listen, we don't pass buckets here. We give as we go. You can give by the boxes by the door or online. We love you so much. Thank you for your generosity. Have an amazing, amazing, amazing week. Come on, freely give. We'll see you here tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.